Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are Louis D'Souza and Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And we're especially happy you decided to join us on this Labor Day weekend, 2021, as we kick off the transformation from summer to fall and uh, keep the uh, Daily Dose of Happy going. So, hi, friends. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, we're very pleased to have a very special guest joining us today, Bob Doyle, one of the original presenters in the movie The Secret, is joining us today, and he's going to be telling us a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to try to fit 15 years into one hour. I'm not sure if we can really do that, but we're going to do the best we can. And he's going to tell us a little bit about what's been going on in those 15 years. But, Bob, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's funny, when you these days, when, when I'm doing interviews and, and the secret is referred to, it's interesting because there's always – a reference to how long it's been since it's been out there. And so it's, it's one of the original <laughs> teachers. Like I, I feel older every interview. It's like, yeah, the secret I remember. Well, yeah. well, if it makes you feel any better, I was reviewing, I, I hadn't played the movie in a while and I, I played it over the weekend just to kind of, you know, remind myself you were the youngest by far, the youngest presenter in there. So I, you know. I look ridiculously baby faced. I? I mean, it's so <laughs> weird. It's so every time I look at that picture, it's like, I can't, like it didn't, obviously at that point I was looking through a different set of eyes and I didn't see that as dramatically as I can see it now. Like I was just mm-hmm. a kid. Oh, well. But that's all right. You know, <laughs> hey, I'd say it was a good thing and you've retained your youth very well. I mean, you're, you're complaining about the aging, but let me tell you, you look quite young as far as I'm concerned. So well, thank fine. you very much. Thank you so much. I do what I can. See, that's what happens when you have white hair. Everybody looks young to you, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I was just commenting this morning as I was brushing my hair. I said, still mostly not gray. You know, there you so. go. Yeah. So anyway, you got to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. And, and we're actually going to share something for uh, uh, people who might be in the live stream. Um, I'm going to plug a little link in there. There we go. So if you're listening on the live stream, uh, there's a little quiz you can take. It's a little eight-question quiz. And, and just give us a like a quick idea. What's that quiz all about, Bob? Yeah. So what we're going to talk about today is kind of why I'm teaching transformation the way that I am, as opposed to how I have been for like 20 years. And a lot of that is around, it's all around brain rewiring and how do we, how do we rewire our brain? And one of the very first, as we'll discuss, one of the first things you're going to have to learn to do that effectively is when you are on autopilot, when you're, when you're just taking action based on your wiring without really any conscious thought. And what helps you to do that is to know kind of how you're wired right now. And so over the course of these 20 years of coaching people and talking (laughs) about transformation, you know, I've seen some personality types. These are not, these are totally 100% Bob Doyle made up, but they're based of course on thousands of, you know, real people and traits that they have in their personality when it comes to transformation. That's not necessarily like this would not go up against a disc test or something. But when it comes to like taking on major change in their lives, there seem to be four main types of people that stop themselves for various reasons because of some aspects of that trait. So if you take this quiz, it takes 60 seconds. It's free. You'll know what your transformation personality type is. And, and what that means. We'll talk about some of that. And then that way, everything that we're talking about today will have, you'll have way more context and you'll be able to apply it to you. So if you're listening to this, even if it's on a, you know, a replay of some kind, take the quiz, 
It takes 60 seconds and then listen to the rest of this, knowing what your type is. It's just going to bring, otherwise it'll be just more theoretical than, you know, practical for you. And, and you just reminded me that uh, like 99% of the people listening to this are just listening. There's no actual link to see. So I will put it into the description, but for those of you who haven't seen it in the description, just go to tptquiz.com and it'll plug you right in. It takes, like you said, about 60 seconds real quick. And I like the graphics, by the way, that makes it nice and easy. Nice. Good. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, I've never had anybody say it was off. I mean, it's pretty accurate and people can generally see that behavior associated with that, you know, with that type in their personal, in their transformation efforts. So it just, it's just, it just is tremendously advantageous as you will discover more uh, as we talk about why I'm doing what I'm doing and what it That's is. That's beautiful. Well, of course, my co-hosts are here, Anne-Marie and Louie. And Anne-Marie, I mean, I don't know about you. I'm pretty excited just even talking to Bob. But uh, you took the quiz. You you took it ahead of all of us. Did, what, <laughs> how, how did it come out? For, I mean, first of all, it didn't scare you away. That's a good thing. But no, what did you find? I it literally just takes 60 seconds, if that. It's so quick and easy to do. Um, and it's, yeah, I've come up as a wizard. So I'm just You're having a wizard. to skim through it. I know. Um, Where's your magic Harry wand? Potter. it's with my broomstick well that's right that's um, right (laughs) so i'm just looking through it says kind of like i've reached a plateau which doesn't mean i'm done which no way i'm still learning um absolutely um certainly in the last six months i've grown a lot um but that's that's development um, it says generally wizard types are loving people full of possibility and grand vision. And I would say that was quite right. I'm quite loving. Definitely a grand vision. Just need to be directed in the right way. <laughs> That's a good thing, I think. There's a lot of uh, wizards. There's a lot of wizard types in the law of attraction community. And that, that just it makes sense, right? But the, 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 ba- the main characteristic of any wizard, and this may sound negative when I first say it, but it's you don't have to take it that way. But it's, it's kind of tied with some, some level of what we would call magical thinking, which, which doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have a grasp of reality. It's just that there, we've been programmed in some ways to sort of think that, well, we can do this. We can think about something and it's going to have this impact in the physical. Like I don't have to do anything. Now, in some cases, it, it, life occurs that way for sure. But, but there's a lot of this the hardcore law of attraction people who are like, well, I'm just going to give it up to the universe completely. I'm going to do that. And, and they just wait. Um, and, and then of course that while there's nothing wrong with that per se, if they're not taking the action, if they're not being the person that they need to be to, to be in alignment with the future that they're trying to create, then the magic part really can't happen. So it's really about just helping a wizard realize when they are kind of defaulting to no action or, you know, they're, they're maybe avoiding some kind of action because of other, other parts of their wiring. And, and just in that moment, choose to move forward, choose to take a different level of action. You know, it's all about, this is all about making new choices consistently because we're basically just learning a new way of being just like we would learn any other skill in our life. That's cool. So did, did, does that make sense to you, Anne-Marie? Do you know what it really does? I've been pushing myself in sort of certain areas of my life, but the one thing I really want to get go going on, I've been stuck and I've been avoiding. So that's absolutely bang on for me. Yeah. So yeah, awesome. action's going to be taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so to be able to, so now the work here, the work, what I do with people is like, 
so now you see that, right? And you're saying, okay, action is going to be taken. So, but what action? Because that becomes the next big question for people. It's like, okay, I got to take action, but how do I know what action to take? And then you hear people say, well, take inspired action. Okay. What the hell does inspired action really be? You know, and it's like, so then we, now we get in our heads and we, again, one of the things that the wizard will tend to do, especially if they're a law of attraction type person is they want to get it right. They want to do the law of attraction, right? I want to make sure I don't have this thought. In, and that is why that is the number one reason why I talk about neuroplasticity now, because ah. 20 years of trying to untangle unnecessary confusion around how the law of attraction works. It's like, we don't take classes about, well, why does the glass fall out of your hand when you let go of it? Because gravity just handles it. We don't have to figure it out. We don't have to believe in it. We don't have to get into alignment with it. It just handles it. The law of attraction is like that. We don't need to do, and this is like my own wake up call I had professionally after teaching it and being one of these who really was firm that if you understand how it works, then you'll get it. But then what I realized, especially after The Secret came out and the marketplace was filled with law of attraction experts, all mm -hmm. with their own way of doing it. Well, now people learn that, oh, there's a right way and a wrong way and a short way yeah. and a long way. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, you guys, just drop the glass. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, you, who do you want to be? And, and this is the other thing. The biggest reason I, I moved into this, because the, the fact of the matter is that transformation doesn't happen out there. It happens in here. The, our brain, I'm pointing to my brain for listeners only, audio listeners only, because this reality is really created in the moment that we give a moment meaning, right? We're deciding even at, in this moment, how's this going? Is this good? Is this bad? Have I reached my, all of these conversations, all of this meaning, like millions of things that our mind is making mean things, which drive our next action or lack of action or, or any of it. And all of that meaning is based on our wiring. What did we learn growing up? Whose beliefs did we take on? What did, what, how were we indoctrinated? None of it true. It's just, that's your wiring and that's her wiring and that's his wiring. And that's why everybody sees life through a completely different lens. So transformation is about, if you don't like what's going on out here, it's because you, 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 now, so you need to get different results. That comes from you being a different person. You're only going to be someone consistently enough that you are actually wired to be. That's why being who you are right now is so effortless. You're wired to be this. Transformation feels difficult because you're literally having to grow new neural pathways in your brain. And everything we learn comes with some level of discomfort. But somehow we've learned in personal development, no, it should be easy. It should happen in seven to 14 days, just like the program <laughs> promised. And if it doesn't, then this guy's a fraud. The law of attraction's a scam. And it's crazy. We don't, right. if we took on learning how to speak or learning how to walk or any of the essential things, with that attitude, we'd all just be laying on the floor going, yeah. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> we have to go through the learning. And so we are now, mm -hmm. what we want to do, if we want to transform our life, we got to change this lens that changes our brain. So how do we change our brain? How do we want to change it? So this all came because of what Amory said, is I got to take action. Okay, so let's really make sure that the action you take is in alignment with the person you truly want to be. So the step, the, the, the transform, the transformation step is once you've learned, once you start noticing your autopilot, how do you want to be different? What are the characteristics of this, per, this future person? Because people come into the law of attraction. I want the house. I want the money, all that external stuff. Okay. Who do you need to be to have that? 
right? Because if you keep shooting law of attraction rays at everything, waiting for the money to fall out of the sky, then you will be one of those disgruntled LOA customers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, a couple more questions. Jeffrey actually figured out the answer to his own question, but I'll post it anyway to you just because there are probably listeners who are asking themselves the same question as they're taking that quiz. He asked, what do we do if none of the answers apply? Which answer wouldn't apply, I wonder? I'd like. I'd love to know because if there's a gap, I need to hear about it. Okay. Well, he ended up actually taking the quiz and, and came up with the result that he's a seeker. And he said that's a legit answer. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess he ended up picking the, the best answer. The seeker is the number one type out there, at least that I run into. And, and of course, I would run into it. But it's because it's the personal development industry. The seeker is a person who lo- is absolutely committed to transformation. In fact, they are so committed that they try every freaking program that looks halfway appealing to them. And they may or may not finish it. They may or may not, you know, live the life of it. But, boy, they're trying. And look at me. I am I am working on myself. And that conversation about how you're working on yourself, depending on where you're coming from, like with all the feelings associated with it, could doom you to a life of working on yourself rather than just being who the hell you want to be. Right. This this whole conversation of trying to find yourself or discover who you're supposed to be is you get to decide. That's the beauty of your brain and the fact that it can change, you know, and and so you you decide. who Now, if you if who you decide you want to be is very different than who you've been, you can expect for the world to respond. The people, all of your situations, they now have to adjust. Some may be on board, some may not. And if they're not, well, then are you prepared for that? Because another one of the types is people pleaser. And a people pleaser is a very, very much like the seeker. They're committed to their transformation. But as soon as somebody says, what are you doing? Or in any other way makes them doubt this, this path, then they stop. Either because they, they agree with them or they want to make them comfortable. And then that way, nobody wins. Nobody gets to be who they want to be because the person who would say that to you is clearly not happy and satisfied where they are because they would never do that to you. Happy people don't do that. And if you don't do it so they won't be uncomfortable, then you don't get to live your life either. And so the people pleaser runs up against this over and over and over again. You can get past all of these things, but the first thing is to notice that there's no truth that you should do that. But to the people pleaser, they need to do that. That's the right thing to do. We need to shake that up and go, how, how is that right? Because some of the logic that each of these types have to defend their position or whatever from the, from any other type would sound like, what are you talking about? This is again, where the, where the difference in our wiring really shows. Like, how could you think like that? Well, how could you think like that? This is the nature of wiring. And by Mm -hmm. the way, I'll just drop this in here. Now, if, if anybody is doubting, any of this that we can change who we're being and get different results and, and and all of that change our belief systems. Just look at who you were five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And I promise you there are some values that maybe have changed or certainly some ways of being like, I can't believe I did that or said that or stood for that or didn't do that or whatever. How could I have, because back then you were wired differently and it seemed like that was the thing to do. Now your, your, your brain has changed. You either did it on purpose, but more likely you got whisked along with life and you used your previous wiring to create or perpetuate new wiring that's pretty similar. And my whole message here is that at any time you can interrupt that 
that wiring that's going on autopilot, understanding that when you try to create new wiring, you're going to feel it and the people around you will respond. But that's the beauty of it. That's how you get results. You be different. The world has to respond differently. That's how and why all of this works. The law of attraction and the vibration and the, all of that, it's, it's going on. It's bringing you those situations that you need to, to, to take action on, to move forward. But you don't have to think about it. And so stop. Because why? 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 Why do you need to know how the universe arranged the atoms? You don't. You just need to know who do I need to be today? Right? Who this future person who's getting these amazing results and I'm filled with all these, you're surrounded by the terrific relationships. What is their behavior? What did they have? What are they doing? What meaning are they making that's different than who I am and what I'm doing right now? And why can't I start doing that right now? And that's how wiring changes. That's how you learn a new language. That's how you learn to skateboard. That's how you learn anything. You make a decision and then you consistently and with intention repeatedly do it until the wiring is there and it becomes natural. I talk about effortless manifestation. That is not a magical thing. You are effortlessly manifesting your life right now. Now, what we want, though, is to effortlessly manifest all the stuff we'd really like. Well, we can do all that. We just have to change our wiring so that our behavior is automatic, is as automatic as our current behavior is now getting us these results. So Louis's actually been trying to work on his wiring, although not quite the same wiring. His is more of the audio wiring where we're getting this really background, really weird background noise. But uh, I think it, uh, we're going to have to kind of just live with that one. But uh, Louis is a big Abraham Hicks fan. And he, when I say that, I mean he literally just follows the simplicity of the Abraham Hicks approach. So I'm kind of curious, Louis, um, what's your reaction to what Bob's talking about here, the, the whole idea of rewiring and and the neuroplasticity. We've talked about it a bit on the, on the podcast in the past, but what's your current reaction? Uh, well, can you hear me, first of all? Yes. And yeah. without a lot of background noise, congratulations. I don't know what you did. Oh, okay. good. <laughs> <laughs> um, my law of attraction works very well. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so what, what Bob's trying to do for people is to help them get what they want. And he's trying to show them that LOA works in a certain way and you need to really be in the vibrational vicinity of what you want, otherwise you're not going to achieve it. And he's trying to show you, you know, the best way of going about achieving that, which, you know, I'm completely on board with what, what, where, where you're going there, Bob. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with it at all. Um, I think it's, you know, it, it, it needs to be clarified. It needs to be cleared up with people why they do or don't get whatever they feel they want. And they need to know which way the train's going in their mind. So, um, as Abram says, there's only, there's two ways that you can see, uh, if your manifest, if your manifestations are working. One is if you get it. And the other one is if you feel good. So if you use those two little tests, you start knowing you, you're heading in the right direction. Yeah, this is what I've always appreciated about Abraham is the simplicity of the message. Now, you know, despite that, though, you you have seen if you followed them, you see how people complicate it. You see how people say they, there's just so many layers. And and like I, I still get inspired by Abraham. But what I also see is people posting the quotes and the stuff like that. But I can but I know from seeing other things that 
they're not living the life they want. They love to talk about it, though. And it feels good. So that's great. So that fits one of those criteria. But if they're, I just see so many people who are just, they quote unquote, love the law of attraction. And it's like, love life, love the, love the opportunity we have in this form as these energetic beings that can take all of this other energy that surrounds us in this universe and interpret it and make meaning out of it and create just literally anything we want, any kind of experience in our life. Why do we need to spend all this mental energy on trying to figure out and get right all of these things? We have just been, we've been birthed for, you know, we've been just boom, here we are. We have this reality creation machine built in, which is our brain, which we all, we're come, we come equipped with emotions and passions and interests and things that are unique to us. We are this extension of the universe here so that the universe can experience itself in this unique way. Of course, it, if, if you're going to put like this, what the universe wants and doesn't want, of course it wants what we want, but we are it. So this whole conversation that I keep, that I would continually hear in the law of attraction circles, if something didn't manifest quickly enough or they felt resistance or whatever, is this whole, the universe didn't want it for me thing. Like that's the conversation. It's just like to, to put, to, to give up all control to, you know, we are a part of the universe. We have this desire because it's giving it to us. We have the ability to take, action. The only thing that stops us is that we also have the ability, the the way this all works is we have this brain that we can program however we want to give us these freaking really superhuman abilities. You see them out there, people who don't have these limiting thoughts and train themselves to do things that we think are superhuman. No, it's just they're wired that way. They worked themselves. They've got this miracle and most of us are squandering it. Right. Or using it to, to perpetuate an experience of reality that is not what we want. And we get distracted by things. And, 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 and I'm not, please don't anyone take this as anti secret or Abraham or any of it. But I know I've seen where people put a ton of their attention and a lot of it is on the process or the information and not the transformation they want. They're waiting until they have this huge aha moment until I get to that next seminar. Or if I sit in the hot seat, then I'll get the answer. Then I can take the action. No, those people are most likely seekers or wizards and they'll just wait for the next thing because, and it's nothing that there's wrong with them except that they're at the end of their wiring. They don't, they literally aren't wired to take the next step. They need help. They need somebody to come in there and say, here's a million different ways to look at this. Right. This is why there's eight billion of us. We're here to support each other. Why I do what I do is to help people wake up and see their autopilot wiring and then help them devise other thoughts, other things they'd like to instill, other behaviors, get really clear on who they truly want to be and why they want to be that. What we need to do if a person really wants to transform and it stick for good, they have to get rewired like permanently. And that means going through the discomfort. We have to make that future non-negotiable. Learning a language was non-negotiable. Learning to walk was non-negotiable. A lot of the things, driving a car, all those things that we went through the discomfort, we did them. We made the mistakes. We got all the feedback. We did what we had to do because it was non-negotiable. If we can make our future non-negotiable, then we just do what we got to do. 
and we take our bumps and we take the feedback and we adjust. We don't say, oh, that feedback meant the universe doesn't want it for us. It means, no, you've just got really valuable information that you can now use to take your next step. But if you quit because your uncle looked at you funny and said, see, that law of attraction stuff's a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> then you're just right back, except worse, because now you're wiring that none of this works. It's not going to happen for you. That wiring gets stronger and that will guide your behavior and it will slow you down. It's all about just waking up and going, wow, man, I'm on autopilot. How can I change okay. that? So, so we're definitely going to be into the wiring now. And, and I agree with that. I think we all agree with that. Now, the big question is, all right, how do we do it? What do we do? What changes do we need to make in order to get that wiring in the direction we need it to go? So think about how you learn anything, right? Well, you get you you get clear on what you want to learn and why you want to learn it, and then you just study it. You bring it into your life. So you're studying this future you. That's what you're studying. You're studying your future. This is what you're going to learn to be. So you look at your life, and this is you know part of the work is assessing. What do I really want? Why do I really want it? Because a lot of times, you know, people are people are creating this vision of their future based on this lack thing that they've got going now, based on who they are now. Wouldn't you rather create a future based on who you'd really love to be with all the feelings and the relationships and everything, doing what you really love to do? And then what does that person want? I promise you it's going to be a slightly different vision. Mm. So let's, let's figure out who this person is. And again, what are the qualities that this person has? Like maybe the future version of you just doesn't, show up late to things and the the current version rationalizes it right you know you shouldn't but da, da, da. so that's a behavior you can change a little this this future you a little bit better with the self-care doesn't have as much sugar or whatever this one says well <laughs> i'll do that as soon as i get my money or whatever so there are so many behaviors that if you if you think about it if you just project use this amazing machine this brain to visualize that future you putting these behaviors into action, and then the impact that those behaviors are going to have on the world, the response. So much of the work that I do with people is visualization. It is about using this thing to instead of visualizing on autopilot, which we're doing all the time, we're, we're creating constantly because we're constantly thinking and assessing and making meaning. We have to override that so that we can start putting in the thoughts that we want and start sending in the visions of the things that we really want rather than memories of what we didn't want or worries about what might happen in the future, whatever we send in there and get wired in there, we're going to act, be, and we're going to get responses that are congruent with that. So identifying, first of all, just what are the traits that are different? Who do I need to be different? Now, that's one way. Here's a quick way to identify, like I'm saying, identify the traits you want to change. Mm-hmm. That because the suffering all comes from from the meaning you're making on things. So when you want to look at uh, how do I what ways of being would I like to change as you go through your day, just notice when you suddenly feel disempowered or suddenly feel angry or sad. When you go to that end of the emotional scale, that's your moment to go, OK, stop. I'm making meaning right now. I'm having an emotional response because I've, I'm looking at all of this data and subconsciously, all of this stuff, I make mean this, oh, because this means that, this means that, that reminds me of this when I was four. All of it happens in an instant, and we create meaning out of it, even if it's subconscious. Our body now creates chemistry and gives us a feeling that's flooding our body. As soon as, and that's our wake up call, like, oh, I'm feeling this. If we can, in that moment, 
This is the skill that takes some work. But in that moment, stop and just say to ourselves, this is not the truth. This is just my wiring. Immediately, all of your wiring is going to go, what are you talking about? Of course, it's true because and all of it. But that is wiring. You're just giving yourself your own data back. You're just in this loop. But now knowing that you're doing that, you get to you get to transcend that because we do have this amazing consciousness that can transcend all of that. We get to step away from our autopilot robotic behavior and look at it from this other place and and without judgment, without assessing, without age or whatever, and just go and then you can make another choice. Like I am make I'm having an upset here because I'm making this meaning. What other kinds of meaning could I make of it? And it could be extremely it could be ludicrously fantastical. As long as it changes your state, it just doesn't matter. The point is you're it's no less true than the meaning you're making that's making you feel terrible. This this ability to stop. And notice that you're on autopilot is that's the superpower because that's where you have choices because those choices made consistently will change your wiring eventually, which will change your behavior, which will change your results, which will change your life, which is why people come into transformation, whether it's the law of attraction or hypnosis or whatever thing they see that excites them. The end result is brain rewiring or you haven't transformed. And that noticing takes a practice. I mean, I think we all know that from experience. Um, I've certainly noted for, for experience I've had in the nine years I've been doing the podcast, I'm still learning how to do it. I mean, I've, I'm a lot better now than I was, in, to use your example, five years ago. But I, so stuff still gets through. It's still I still miss stuff. Yes, decades, decades of wiring we have. Decades. And that's why people, you know, I, I, I beg people, please be gentle with yourself. Mm. You know, it's, oh, I should know this already. I mean, that's, that's, again, that's some of the frustration I got ran into in the law of attraction conversations. Cause yeah, cause I've been studying this 15 years. I should know better. So see, none of this is working for you. You're sitting here beating yourself up because you don't understand a thing you don't need to understand to get to change your life. All you need to know is your brain can change. How do you want to change it? So I got a couple questions here. First, Jeffrey in the live stream, I'll throw it up on screen, says, does any of this have to do with what we feel is our, our life purpose? Well, I think if you feel your life's purpose, then that's why you're here. You're here. Look, whether your life's purpose, your life's purpose can change. I know mine has. Over the, I started out in, in the world and I was, I, my purpose was to be on the radio. Then my purpose was to not be on the radio. My purpose was then to get into fitness. Then it was into, so it just changes. So again, that's that whole thing of like trying to figure out your life purpose. Don't waste time on it. What do you want to do right now? It can lead you to the next thing. If you know what you want to do right now, then yes, my whole contention is if you've got a sense of purpose, something you want to do, it's because you're here to do it. Now, what do you need to do to make that happen? Who do you need to be? to have those circumstances come into your life so that that, so that you can live a life of that purpose. And Marissa is asking, do you sometimes have to focus on yourself and not on others so much? Uh, yes, like probably <laughs> 99% more than most people are doing. Why do you need to focus? I, look, this whole idea of thinking of others and being all of that, I get that, but it, it has totally been blown out of proportion. This is why people have problems with boundaries, which can just ruin your life. There is a point where it's okay for your life to be about you. Cause here's the thing that your experience of everything's just going through you. Me hearing these words, you watching this, listening to this, this is your experience only. 
You just don't need to worry about other people's experiences to the extent that it's going to impact the quality of yours. What experience do you want? Again, with other people, when you change, they may not come along for the ride. So is it non-negotiable? Because guess what? You're going to find new people and these people are going to be on board your new train and they'll support you in that. And you won't have any resistance. You won't have to justify it and all of that. But there is sort of the falling away that happens sometimes as you then change your environment. Is that not is your thing non-negotiable enough that you're willing to do that and not make the fact that your aunt got upset mean anything about your destiny? Everybody else's reaction is about them. Get that through your head. Everything they say to you about you is about them. They're just projecting their experience of either themselves or what they think you're capable of. They have no idea. You have no idea. How could they? Absolutely true. And I would add to that that it is almost impossible to work in somebody else's stuff when you got your own stuff in the way. And it's not like we have worked all of our own stuff out. I mean, I've got enough for a lifetime to work on my own stuff. You know, if I work through all that, maybe I can help with somebody else, but I'm still working on me. I'm st- I got to get myself in alignment before I can help anybody else, anybody else, I think. Well, I, I think there are certainly some cases where that's true for sure. I mean, there, there's, you, you don't, and this is, this, that shows up in so many different ways, like the mom who just overextends or anybody, anybody who just does too much because they think they should for the other person and at the expense of themselves and they justify it and they justify it. Well, if I don't blah, 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 but you're not bringing the best of yourself. And it's the same. It's the same for anybody who overworks or stretches their stresses themselves for the benefit of others, sacrificing themselves. It's not really serving anyone fully because you can't bring your best to any one thing. Boy, that is true. Yeah. So, all right, let's say that uh, I, I, I love the concept. First of all, I love the idea that you are taking away all of the dross and bringing it down just to the one basic common formula. What can I do to rewire myself? Mm-hmm. And when you when you make it that simple, now all of a sudden what seems like a very difficult task seems a lot less difficult. I think that's probably the, the strength of that, really. It's the – my life is so much easier because – 20 years of, of interviews about the law of attraction and, well, how do you define the law of attraction? And I had my way. And then, well, what is it? And then we're talking about the law of attraction for 15 minutes when all I have to say now is, you know, you can change your brain and there's science everywhere. Nobody's debating yeah. that one. No one, there's no panel, you know, it's not like the law of attraction where people want to go, well, yeah, but what about this? What about this? What about this? You know, okay. None of this is relevant to people's transforming. You know, you're just trying to prove or disprove something just for your own what for your own wired needs. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you can just change some behavior and start to change your life a little bit. So just knowing that your brain can change. Even now in my courses, when we're doing this, I spend minimal time on like this part of the brain is what does this at this part of the brain. You can learn that any freaking where. OK, it does. It's like, but I don't want to do the same thing that we did with the law of attraction and fill your head with all this stuff. That isn't about changing it. I want anybody to be able to transform, whether they understand what's going on in the brain chemically or not. They just need to know that it can and how they want it to and then have the support and the tools, et cetera, the coaching, the, all the stuff that I know is necessary for a person to actually complete it. Because the most well-intentioned person who takes this stuff on either on their own or in their same group that they've always had, it 
93% likely will fail because of the wiring issue. If they're in a group, they're probably all similarly wired and they're all going to get to some point. And if they don't have somebody to come in and help them see something different, let go of an old story because man, oh man, 99% of this is about letting go of your stories. I hear people tell their stories. Yeah, but it's true. It's what, it's what defined me. Well, stop it. It's a story. <laughs> yeah. You can tell a different story starting right now, but it's not true. Neither is the one you're telling. You're, mm. I mean, there are aspects of it that are true. There are things, but all the meaning you just, you made up and, and you made up whether or not you need to hold on to it. And you made up whether or not it needs to stop you, etc. The same kind of pain that you're experiencing, that you're justifying stopping is the same kind of pain that drives the people you see on YouTube with their 8 million inspirational views who went out and did something with that. It's a different thought. It's just a little bit of different wiring and you can get there, but you have to give up. The story of how justified you are to be where you are right now. You have to give it up. You can't keep telling it because that person can't be the person in the future. The person in the future isn't going to tell that story because if they told that story all the time, they'd never get there. So you have to stop right now. So identify the stories that are where you are, the victim, the martyr, and you've got all the reasons why you can't move forward. Whatever it is, no matter how terrible it was, just I promise you an evening on the internet and you can find dozens of stories where people were in way worse positions than you like mind bogglingly worse and did amazing things. So, well, I think we're all very good at, cre at not just creating, but actually telling those stories because we've been telling them forever. Um, but beyond that, it can be really a challenge to let go of them because you, you make the point. That's what you have to do. You have to let go of those stories. But, but, you know, sometimes we, we might try to rewire the brain. We might try to say, okay, I'm going to shift the way I'm thinking about this. And bam, that old story just keeps coming back no matter how many times we try. Because people are trying to just get rid of the story. They need to replace it with a different one. Mm. Because if you don't, then it's like that, that story or those stories have identified them. It's a part of their identity. There is something very scary about just letting go of that because it's like, well, if I'm not that, then who am I? Good. Let's decide that. That's exactly what we're here to do. If you're not that, then who? Then who? Let's decide that. Let's figure that out. Let's get excited about it. Let's get it non-negotiable, you know, so that you'll see that this story that seems so serious and just like, oh, I can't, I can't. When you inspire yourself enough, that person will look back at that story with emotional detachment and go, wow, yeah, I can't believe I was stopped by that for so long. Because that's who you need to become. Jeffrey makes an interesting comment. He says, I love my story. I think it's pretty funny. I, I know it makes me laugh. But then if, he also... <laughs> man, if, if you can still get where you want to go and tell your story, then that's great. Again, this isn't about like getting amnesia and forgetting the things that happened to you. It's about letting right. the meaning that you're making of, of them stop. So if you can take any of your stories and make and laugh about them. Well, that's freaking great. Now he does follow up, does follow up with a question. He says, can you talk about changing an attitude in order to change a behavior? Well, it'd be great if I had like an example, but you know, let's see. I mean, attitude again, it's all driven by, by wiring. I mean, if you have an attitude about something, it's because you are making an assessment based on, you know, years of wiring about that. So I've got an attitude about people who, you know, make that noise or, or whatever it is. So the question is, do I want to go through my life with this attitude? 
Like, do I care about, is it important enough for me that I lose this attitude? Can I see how this attitude is stopping me? Maybe it stops me from connecting with people. Maybe it stops me from walking into a room that I need to go into or whatever it is. How is this stopping me? Is it, how would my life be better? How would I be more in alignment with who I am if I could change this attitude? What different meaning could I make? What different action would I take? What different results could I get if I didn't have this attitude? So now... You imagine the situations that trigger that attitude, except that you imagine them with having a different attitude. One of like, it, it doesn't affect me, or I like this all of a sudden, or whatever it is. But you just start trying it on. This is, again, we talk about the magic of the brain. This ability for us to rehearse as many times as we want for free. This is what, this is, um, instead of sitting around ruminating about stuff we have no control over, if you've got some idle thought time, Use this time to create a scene in your mind filled with emotion that you want to live, that you want to experience, that you want to feel over and over and over. The reactions that you want to give in these situations and rehearse them with all that feeling because guess what? When you do that, you're rewiring. You've got stuff going on in your brain. Do it consistently enough and it'll take like countless studies around athletes, right? Who rehearse mm -hmm. moves and things like that. Musicians rehearse in their mind and then, but they're wired to do it in real life. Same thing here. This is like who you're being and the results you're getting. It's, it's just no different than getting good at a sport. You just rehearse it, rehearse it, rehearse it and make the other way, the old way. You don't, you know, if you learn a new way to, 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 dribble the basketball, you're not going to go back to the old way because you know that you knew that didn't work. So that's like the old story. This, this story, this gets me where I want to go. That one doesn't, you know? Yeah, but you've been telling it for 40 years. Well, I'm, that's the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good position to be at, at the end of it too. I spoke at the beginning of the show about uh, how we wanted to get to know what Bob Doyle's been doing in the 15 years since The Secret. But I have noticed there is one really big uh, similarity between the Bob Doyle now and the Bob Doyle then, then and that is your passion is just <laughs> as high now as it was then. It may even be higher now. I'm not. I think it's, it's, yeah, I think it is higher now. I mean, when how, I, how first, do you manage that? I mean, how, yeah. how, do you, how do you actually maintain that passion like you have over these last 15 years? Look, man, I'm just the message. I, I mean, the messenger. I, I, you know, my story is I went into, I started my life just, I wanted to be a broadcaster. I just wanted to do silly things and make silly voices and write stupid stuff and make, <laughs> that's what I wanted to do. And I did that for a couple of years. Then I went into Atlanta. It was too big a market. I didn't have that kind of creative freedom. So my life became about how can I find something to do where I can creatively express what is in me, right? Take all the things I know how to do, love to do and, and create a career out of them where I could work at home and not be an employee. And that's, that's part of my whole, you know, how did I get into this work, uh, story, but skipping all the details with the internet and, and the ability and how you can disseminate information, it tapped into a bunch of things that I really liked to do. So it keeps me, I just, so it keeps me delivering my message. I get to play with all my toys and that kind of stuff. Mm. Where it got tricky was after, after the secret. That's where the story took this sort of personal arc thing because now I, I had gone from being this guy who just wanted to have fun and was kind of, I'd been doing the, the law of attraction stuff with the wealth beyond reason program, which is what the producers of the secret found, but mm -hmm. I'd been doing it totally my way. I mean, I was just like my emails and they all got read and everything. It was a very different landscape out there, but post secret now 
I was being lumped in with like Jack Canfield and Bob Proctor and Marcy Shimoff and all these people who had been in the industry for decades. And I think I, I had some sort of like, who do I need to be? Right. Like, so it was like, who do I want to be? Who can I be? Who is it okay to be? Cause now I felt like I was being looked at like Bob Doyle from the secret and all that other stuff. Those, the personality part of me wasn't, it didn't feel safe or wasn't going to be good for business or whatever. So I struggled with that for a while, but when live streaming came around technology like Periscope and then eventually Facebook live and on now all of this that we have, that was now I could do all the broadcasting stuff, except now with video and visual stuff. So I just, you know, now I could be creative about sharing my law of attraction message. So again, it just kept me in it and kept me in it. But once I switch into this mode, talking about whatever it is I'm talking about, if it's a law of attraction, if it's about wiring, it truly is a, it's a different kind of a flow. You can call it passion or whatever, but it just is like, as you can Well, it see. comes out really loud and clear. I mean, you just, <laughs> it's not like we have to read you, right? The energy just kind of flows out of you. So that's what I'm reacting to when I call it passion. And, well, thank you. And I enjoy that. I enjoy that. But then when we get off of this, I like to go figure out how am I going to be goofy, you know, on another live stream that has nothing to do with this, or I'm going to go play the ukulele for an hour and a half or whatever, all, you know, these other passions, you know, it's just, I think this, this, one of my biggest messages is about, you know, you don't have to just be one person. There's not just this one thing you're here to do. And it's not like entrepreneur minds. We think everything we do has to have money attached to it. It's like, no, it's okay to play the ukulele for two hours and not get paid. You do it because it's in you to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to feel it, right? We're here mm. to creatively express through everything that we produce, whether it's a business or whether it's music or whether it's a family, we're, we're constantly creating, we're expressing ourselves and we have these desires. We have these passions. We have these things we want to do. We're here to do them. We're here to have them. And anything that is inside you telling you that you're, that you can't is just faulty wiring. Yeah, that's a big, big message. And I know you keep hammering it home, but it's a big I message know. with a very simple meaning. And I, and I love it. I really do love it. I think we all do. Um, I keep coming back to that passion. And I know that it, you, you were right. We do have different uh, passions at different times. And I want to hone in on one aspect of that. And that is we seem to have this idea. I think I forget who it was who asked the question about uh, life's purpose earlier on, but we seem to have this idea. Well, you have to find what your life's purpose is and that's it. Then you go after your life's purpose, but you very eloquently point out that, you know, the purpose can change. We can change our minds anytime we want to. We're not locked in. It's not like, Oh, you have only one choice and you're done for the next Thursday. Because if you, if you think about the flaw in that whole concept, it's like, you don't, you don't know enough yet. One yeah. purpose, like, because you're going to do a thing. If you wait, then you'll do nothing or you'll do something that's not going to take you any closer to something that brings you joy. So you do what is bringing you joy. And as you do that, you're going to meet new people. You're going to learn new things. As you get better at it, you're going to have new distinctions, things that you would never have known about if you hadn't followed that path. But then this opens up. Wow. Okay. Well, I didn't even know about this. So then that becomes your passion. That becomes what you follow. And it is your purpose to do it. It's calling to you to do. And then it brings you to the next thing. Like my path, I thought fitness forever. Like once I clicked around fitness, I thought, well, that's it. I'm going to help people with personal, with physique transformation because I see all the benefits. But then as I was interviewing these people and having clients, I realized, no, there's a much bigger picture to transformation. It's not just like these people aren't getting results because they're doing these exercises as much as it's because they have become 
this other person. And so that had me looking at the bigger picture of transformation, which eventually led me to, you know, the law of attraction and just all of that, where I idled for about 20 years and now it's this. And what I love about this is that the working with people now, the transformation happens so much faster and they can see it and feel it. And it's undeniable. They're not wondering, well, the universe, I got a sign. There's nothing vague. They took a different action. They didn't feel like they normally do. It's like so clear and they check things off and they get points and the brain loves it because they get dopamine hits. It's like we're doing everything when we work with people that we know at this point helps them with their neurogenesis, helps them with their ability to change their brain. Breathing exercises, you know, meditation, obviously, self-care, everything that we know helps, including the daily practices, things that here's what, because people, what do I do every day? Here's what to do every day. You know, it's like, I, but you do need to do it every day. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. the thing. I mean, it's like, it's that it's, so we, that's why these self, truly self-help programs, people just wander off and we have no idea, but they probably didn't complete it. I, I remember when I was in my late twenties, early thirties, I heard W. Clement Stone speak. And at, in his talk, his talk was on the topic of repetition, just creating that new behavior and then repeating it over and over and over again. And unfortunately, he, he wasn't the most dynamic speaker in the world. So his repetition talk was very repetitious, but, <laughs> but he did hammer it. And as he was saying that, it makes me think about what you're saying here. You have to go back. You have to repeat. You have to keep revisiting every single day if you want to basically lay that new programming into your neural pathways. And it might sound like right now, it might sound tedious, boring, laborious, whatever, but that's because of how you're wired right now. You're not getting, you haven't gotten the satisfaction of it. You haven't experienced why it's so freaking great to do it. Right now, it just seems like, oh, it sounds like work to me. Our our daily stuff or whatever is like 10 minutes a day is a meditation here, you journal here, you listen to the, you watch this video, get a distinction, you come to the group, you post a thing. But the rest of it is about your day, living this, catching yourself, making different choices. And then in the evening, acknowledging it, rerunning it, whatever you got to do, and then coming in for coaching every week and you know, the stuff you need to do. And, and interestingly enough, as I'm kind of surveying all of that you've been discussing here with us, with the exception perhaps of ukulele playing, everything else there is working with people. And yeah, I guess even there you could be working with people just because you're playing the ukulele for somebody. But that's a big theme for you. What is it about working with people that you love so much? So, so I'm going to, first of all, I do love working with people. Community and having online communities is another thing that reinvigorated my enthusiasm for the industry in general and, and just teaching even the law of attraction was like, you know, so it wasn't just me putting stuff out there, having groups, doing group coaching. That was very important. But I will say that ukulele and a lot of the stuff I do voiceover work too. I do a lot of things are about me just saying no to everybody, you know, and just like having my space because that is definitely a part of who I am. My whole life, I was very holed up, you know, and, and I was, I didn't know any better. So I was content to be so, but I am at heart, uh, uh, you know, like COVID, it was like, okay, you know, because I don't go anywhere <laughs> anyway. It's, it's not that big a deal. However, in this work, so this is an area where I become an aspect of who I am, shows up for when I'm doing it, and is very much there and is very much real and very much loves the connection with the people. And then when I'm done, I go back here and, 
and reset my energy and play the ukulele outside for a while. You know, it's like, so there is no one way, but I do, I can tell you that the community, one of the things I love about the community is obviously just the connection. It's great. The energetic feedback is great, but how they support each other. Like I'm yes. not the one telling them what to do. I'm not the one giving them all the coaching or whatever. It is their stories. And they're all in different, you know, uh, uh, steps in the path so they can support each other. Oh, I remember when I was there or I'm inspired by where you've gone, all of that stuff. So there's magic that happens just because a lot of people with the same sort of mindset up to similar things are coming together and lifting each other up. I mean, I'm, Really, if there's one thing that I'm really committed to in my communities is that they feel completely safe and that it is a, it is a positive environment um, where people, you know, feel, you know, feel safe to express their. These are all very personal things. Changing who mm. you are. It's freaking personal. And if you don't feel safe in a group of people, you're going to hold back and you're not going to get the full value. But so far, that's been one of the things I feel like we've done real well. I tend to agree with you very strongly, actually. In fact, I've, I've spoken often here on the show about how I'm the, the best coach man in America because I have all these great co-hosts. I mean, Bob, I literally have 10 co-hosts a week, two every day, Monday through Friday, and they've changed over the years. Many of them have been life coaches. Some have been therapists. Some have been energy coaches. Some have been psychics. I mean, and, and I'm the beneficiary of talking with all of them. And I feel like I'm the, I mean, yes, I'm kind of doing the podcast, but I feel like I'm the student here. And, that, and what you're describing here about this this sense of community is exactly what I've gotten through the podcast. I see the same thing also in Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, and so forth. Not all of them, but those where people are, like you say, really, really supportive. So I'm totally on board with what you're talking about. It is big. You need to have that kind of support. Yeah. No, you, you, it's, it really isn't optional for most, like, 99 0.9% of people. And again, it's not because of any weakness. It's because of the strength mm. of your wiring, your current wiring. You can be just badass out there in the world, super successful, uh, intelligent, all kinds of intelligent, but your wiring is your wiring. And there's a reason that whatever that next level is, is eluding you so far. And we just need to learn to be a little different. So this, the principle applies to people who are at the very kind of bottom and really struggling all the way up to the people who are the most successful. If they want to transform, they're going to be doing the exact same things. They're going to be feeding new information. They're going to go going through different, uh, um, you know, some discomfort and they're going to be taking some different actions to get different results. It's just how it works. Let's just take a, a quick moment to talk about that discomfort because we kind of skip over that a lot in these conversations, but it actually plays a really big role. It can actually blindside us. Because as we uncover this stuff, I'm, I, I had an episode with that just uh, about a month ago. I was working on a program uh, associated with David Strickle's Dream of David, and, and all of a sudden, boom, I went through this huge crash and burn. And I thought to myself, what am I doing? I, I don't understand why I had this crash and burn. It took a while to get the perspective on it. But what I finally realized was, oh, I'm growing. I'm expanding. Yeah. And, and I'm fighting the expansions I'm going along. <laughs> Yeah, the the discomfort is it, it, if you can again if you can flip it if you can be grateful for it right. if all the feedback that you get back that isn't yes. what your ego wanted and you could turn it into something to be grateful for thank you thank you thank you now I know this right and if I'm uncomfortable it's like okay great now I know that I'm at my limits of my wiring what meaning am I making right now right if you can't do it in the moment you make a little note and you take it into your meditation later and you you look at it. 
You know, again, that's another great gift we have. Like I said before, we can actually consciously remove, just lift up a little bit and look at how we're operating. That is a crazy superpower, right? But we have to be willing to let go of the truth of our stories that we're telling down here and just say, you know, wow, is this working for me hanging on to this story? I mean, it's a quite a lot to untangle, but if I did, how much freer would my life be? And what would it look like and feel like? Let's visualize that. Let's make that non-negotiable. Really good. I like that. So in the few minutes that we have left, let's uh, tie, it, tie it together a little bit, uh, specifically about what Bob Doyle is doing, what you're offering to the public and, and so forth. I, I'm, I'm sure you do uh, one-on-one type sessions, but you have group things. What, what do you have going on? So if they took the quiz, if they went through the quiz, then at the end you learn about the Boundless Living Challenge. Ba- I'm going to say it slowly because everybody thinks I'm saying balanced. Boundless Living Challenge. And uh-huh. that's that's where I do the work that I do. That is, it's, it's set up as a 45 day thing, but most people continue doing it because it is a rewiring thing. And once they see how it works, it's like, well, why would I leave? But I'm just saying it starts at a, as a 45 day thing. And this is where you get the practices. This is where you get the support. Every day I'm accessible. It's like direct access to me every day as a coach, you know, in the Facebook group. And then on the weekends we have Q and A's, but every day they have tasks to do like that. I say, just take a few minutes but they get points for completing them. And those points, they earn things like access to other programs. This is all just for the brain, right? So nice. they can click and go and make a sound and the whole thing that they just like doing it. And even though we know we're doing it just because it's there, we still do it, right? right? We just want to get those two points, five points, seven points, 10 points, <laughs> whatever. So, but whatever we got to do is as the course facilitators, whatever we got to do to get them to do it. Right. So if we're, you know, I'm real honest about, yeah, we're doing this, so you'll do it. But if you're doing it, that's great. So they get points for just about all the stuff that is important, like coming to the group and acknowledging their wins. And a win in my group is when they caught themselves, not when they did a a thing they should have done or knocked off a to-do item, unless doing that to-do item required them to be somebody that they have not been being. So we are out to notice and, you know, and, and celebrate how we have taken rewired, you know, action. Uh, but it starts with the noticing. So the, the meditations in the morning and the evening do the whole rehearsal thing to actually do that wiring. Again, you're getting points for the things you do during the day. There's journaling to flesh out ideas. Just again, all the stuff that I know works with transformation. Oh, including I can't the release, re- um, Resistance releasing tools. I'm sure if you're in the law of attraction conversation. You've heard of things like EFT, the Sedona method, which Hale Dwaskin talked about. And, you know, there's several. We got like, like six or seven of them in sort of the, in the toolkit because I know that when that discomfort arises, these tools can help you move through it faster. You know, instead of getting stuck there and going, Oh yeah, that time. Right. So you use one of these tools, you process that out. So you don't have to be, you know, in, in reaction mode to that particular memory or that particular chain reaction ever again. You can free yourself from that stuff. So that's what the challenge is about. It's about getting in there and challenging yourself basically to catch yourself and make the adjustment to create that vision that's non-negotiable. That is a beautiful thing. Well, tptquiz.com, that's where you want to go to take the quiz. That's where you want to go to get to the last screen where you can get more information about how to join Bob's group and all the good stuff he's talking about there. What I want to do is say thank you. 
Thank you very much for coming here and sharing all this great information. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you for asking. I always love being live. It's always it's good, isn't it? to see actual comments like this is a real thing we're doing. Yeah, yeah. There's a reality. <laughs> there's, a, there's a texture to it that is really wonderful. And I That's agree with right. you. It's wonderful. So thank you, Bob Doyle. Thank you, Louis D'Souza. Thank you, Anne-Marie Young. We appreciate all of you. And we especially thank and appreciate all of you podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Good.